It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Jets, your daily podcast on the New York Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are listening to the Lockdown Jets podcast. We are back. It is Thursday, November 8th, 2018, and I'm your host, John B. from gangrenenation.com. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to it on iTunes or Spotify, and please leave the show a good review in iTunes if you do enjoy it. Well, thank you for bearing with me. As I told you on Friday, we were not going to be able to do shows Monday through Wednesday of this week, uh, just some personal stuff I had to attend to. So I, I don't know, guys, did I miss anything? Oh, man. Uh, you know, not a lot of good news in the Jets universe from last we met, whether we're talking loss to Miami, whether we're talking Sam Darnold's injury, just a lot of negativity. And, you know, we're pretty much back to where we were after that game in Jacksonville when the Jets were on a three-game losing streak. They were 1-3. and three. Now we're at, we're at a point where this season really feels to be slipping through this team's fingers after you know, another defeat, a really bad defeat. But today we're going to do a mailbag as we return, and we should be back to the normal schedule. You know, I, I think this is just the, this week was kind of a one-time deal. I don't foresee us uh, having any further issues. So next week we should be back to normal, and we'll move forward as we kick off this week on the Lockdown Jets podcast with a mailbag Thursday. And our first question deals with Sam Darnold's injury. Darnold's is now unlikely to start Sunday's game. Uh, the first question is, with McCown replacing Darnold, it will be interesting to see how Bates changes the plan of attack. My guess is that he doesn't. Bates is not confident slash smart slash fill-in-the-blank enough to tailor a game plan to a player. Do you agree? You know, I don't know that it's necessarily an issue of confidence or smarts. I think I agree with your theory, though. And here's why I agree with your theory is let's think back a few months. Let's think back to why the Jets made the change at offensive coordinator. Let's think back to why they fired John Morton after you know, Morton did a decent. I don't want to see. I think Morton gets probably overrated by this fan base a little bit. You know, this was not Bill Walsh. Morton was essentially the best the Jets could do given what they had at the time. Because if you remember when Morton was hired, it was a very unattractive offensive coordinator job. You did not know the longevity of the coaching staff, whether they were on the hot seat. They did not have a quality quarterback to build around. Things were looking very bleak uh, at the time Morton was hired. So Morton beat the spread. You know, Morton was hired. The expectations were very low, and the team beat the low expectations. So he did a decent job. He was fired, though, because, and one of the big reasons he was fired was because Todd Bowles wanted an offense that looks like this. Todd Bowles wanted an offense that's, you know, if you're going to be conservative, that's going to run the ball. So, you know, I don't think it's necessarily, I think that this is the offense you'd be looking at either way because Josh McCown ran a different off, you know, different type of offense last year. 
And Todd Bowles didn't like it. Todd Bowles wanted this offense. He wanted an offense that runs the ball first. He wanted an offense that you know, features Robbie Anderson a little less. Uh, you know, that was another one of the big complaints that the offense featured Robbie Anderson too much. Where uh, so that's uh, so yeah, I, I don't think it's going to change. And I think I think that's the big reasons because that's this is the offense Todd Bowles wanted, and it is the offense Jeremy Bates. I think you know you are onto something there. I think this is the offense that Jeremy Bates wants to run. This is the and that's I don't think it's gonna necessarily going to change a whole lot. Uh, by switching quarterbacks, by switching uh, from a rookie to the ultimate veteran, the guy who's been in the league forever. I just think that this is the offense that the Jets want to run. Our next question. If you are given four years to play one role for the Jets, would it be owner, general manager, or head coach, and why? I would say owner um, for a couple of reasons. Is, uh, first of all, you, you need a certain amount of experience, a certain amount of technical expertise to be a general manager or a head coach. And... I don't think I have that. I think, you know, if you talk to any GM or any head coach, they just know way more about the game than I do. I think, see, I think I can hold my own. And I'm probably being too boastful here. I think I can hold my own against most people who do what I do, most people who write, most people who are podcasters, you know, a lot of people in the media. I think in terms of my knowledge of the game, and again, I'm being a little boastful here, I could probably hold my own against most of them. But in terms of, uh, you know, a guy, people who are actually doing these things, people who are coaches or general managers, I think for the most part, the worst guy, the worst guys know probably 10 times more than I've forgotten more than 10 times more than I'll ever know. Uh, so I don't think I could be a GM or a head coach. I do think, however, I could be an owner that I do think I could. I, I always said I think I could be a great owner because to me, the owner's job is much more simple. The owner's job to me is kind of just broadly overseeing things, making sure things stay on the track, making sure things don't don't fall apart, making sure your team's not moving on a dangerous trajectory. I think the owner is kind of overseeing the big picture. He's he's in on the big decisions. He delegates the nitty-gritty, the day-to-day the day stuff to the general manager and the head coach. So I actually think I could do the owner job really well. I think that, you know, I've studied uh, franchises enough to understand, you know, what makes them successful, uh, what makes them not. I think the most difficult job of being – I think there are two, the two most difficult jobs of being the owner are, first of all, hiring the right people to run your franchise. That's not an easy job. You know, I think back to the last time, last two times the Jets have made hires. The first time they hired uh, Jed Hughes, who was the, you know, the headhunter, and that did not work out very well when they, when they ended up with John Idzik. And then this last time they hired uh, Ron Wolf and Charlie Casterly to hire, to, and then they brought in Mike McCagnan as the general, general manager, Todd Bowles as the head coach. And there's been a lot of talk about that stuff. Um, it, you know, there's been a lot of talk. Well, why did they hire the the headhunter? Well, if you look at Judge Hughes's track record, Judge Hughes did a, had a fairly successful career. Uh, you know, he's made some good hires. I mean, he brought in the, the crew in Seattle who won the Super Bowl. He led that search. It's, it's not Judge Hughes's fault that the Jets, you know, and that the Jets did not make an effective hire any more than it's uh, you know Ron Wolf or Charlie Casserly's fault. It's the ultimately it's the owner who makes the decision. And the other thing about hiring though is it's. It's not easy to do. I mean, you can have a good process, and I think the Jets had a good process last time with Wolf and Casterly, or at least that's what I think from the outside. Maybe there are some things on the inside I don't know about, but you can do everything right, and this is the thing I think people don't appreciate. People acted like it was a 100% slam dunk that with Wolf and Casterly, the Jets were going to make a successful hire. You can do everything right and still not make good hires. You can have a great process because it's just hard to find the right people. You never know 100% how good a guy's going to be um, unless it, once until he gets into the job. So I think that that's, that's one of the really tough parts of being the owner of being an owner. 
And the other challenging part, I think, is knowing when not to stay. I think there's a tendency, you're overseeing this operation, maybe you want to get too involved. You know, so sometimes owners have too heavy of a hand. So I think those are the two the two biggest challenges of being an owner. The first one, I think I you know I could I think I understand enough to would I put together a decent process to hire the right people. Would I be able to do it successfully? I don't know, but I do think I, I'd know when to blend my hand and when to stay out. And I think that's half the battle. It's really half the battle with being an owner. So I, yeah, I think I I don't. There's no chance I could be a good GM. There's no chance I could be a good head coach. But I do think I could be a good owner, kind of broadly overseeing things. I think I I think I could do that job really effectively because I've I've studied enough owners to know what works and what doesn't, and where and I think I I think I know where I can lend a hand and where I shouldn't. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we have a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, and get your first shipment free when you, you use our special promo code, Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E, like the color, C-H-E-W.com, BlueChew.com, promo code, Locked On, to try it free. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Our next question, uh, is it odd to you that Darnold's injury did not require him to come out of the game Sunday and wasn't a thing until this week? Odd neither the sense that Bowles could be oblivious or is that it's a convenient, convenient excuse to sit him. I don't think so. I mean, that's just the way some of these injuries go. Sometimes a guy can play through something because, you know, you're warmed up, you're focused on the game, so you don't really realize the extent uh, of the injury. You know, maybe overnight it swells up, maybe you know, it gets more painful or something like that. Because, again, you know, these guys are in the middle of the game, so, you know, maybe you're not even – sometimes you can even avoid focusing it on it. I mean, I've seen hockey players play a game on, a, like, a broken ankle. You know, they break their ankle in the game, they return to the game, and then the ankle swells up and they're out for weeks. So, I, I mean, I don't think – I think – and I don't see what why, what the point of sitting Darnold would be, even though he played a very poor game on Sunday. What are you really what are you really gaining by having Josh McCown play these games? Uh, so I, I don't think that there. I think that you might be overthinking it a little bit. I, I I don't see that this is like some sort of conspiracy here, and I don't think it necessarily you could conclude that Bowles was um, oblivious because if Darnold said he could play. Why wouldn't you play him? And, you know, it just may be one of those things where it got worse overnight after Darnold, you know, had the chance to, you know, got off the foot and, you know, you know, after a night of sleep, maybe it gets, sometimes that happens with these injuries. And I don't know, see, I'm not, a, I'm not 
as technically proficient when it comes to the medical stuff, but I do know some broad stuff about it. So, you know, I, I don't think that that's necessarily crazy. Uh, I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessarily the wildest thing in the world. I, I think that there's not much more to it than what we're seeing. Next question, why not play Davis Webb at quarterback? Given that McCown is going after the season and the year is lost, so why not play Webb to see if he can be part of the quarterback mix going forward? This is the same question the Giants fans asked last year, so I'll tell you what I would have told Giants fans last year. Davis Webb, not going to succeed. I mean, Davis Webb's on the practice squad. He'll probably be called up, I, I would assume. I would assume Davis Webb will be called up uh, to be the backup quarterback this week, but what you saw as a guy, I mean, he's a guy who wasn't even good enough to make an NFL roster this year. Just think about that. Think about how many teams need quarterbacks. I mean, everybody needs quarter, a quarterback. Even if you have a good starter, every quarterback depth is gold in this league. Look at what happened last year. The team won the, the team that won the Super Bowl did so because their backup quarterback played well. So everybody needs another quarterback, no matter how good you are. New England could use another quarterback in case something happened to Brady. Uh, so... Just think about that. All 32 teams have looked at Davis Webb. He's been available to sign all year because you can sign a player off anybody's practice squad. Nobody signed him. Nobody signed him. Doesn't that speak volumes? And yeah, I know sometimes the league makes mistakes, but how often do all 32 teams make a mistake like that, that profound? This is just a guy who's not going to be... And look at what the Jets have around this, the quarterback who's starting on this team. It's just not going to work. So I don't see you – know, what are you What are you expecting Davis Webb – I just don't see what you can expect Davis Webb to do successfully uh, playing for this team. I, I just don't see – it's not going to work. I, I think we know that Davis Webb can't succeed with this team. And, I mean, what, if he goes goes out and plays terribly, which he probably will, because I've watched his preseason snaps, He was he's not ready to play. He's just not a guy if – if Davis Webb ever has a career in the NFL, and I'm kind of skeptical he will – I didn't see a guy in preseason who looks that much different from Bryce Petty. So, I mean, I think you have to play McCown. And look, the team is, I know the team has things looking bleak right now, but you still have to try and win this game. And look, McCown, is he great? No. McCown's a backup quarterback. You know, you're not going to expect great play out of him. But I don't really have much doubt that Josh McCown gives this team a better chance to win games than Davis Webb does. You know, you get to week 15, week 16, week 17, and Darnold's still out, which hopefully won't be the case, and you're definitely out of the playoff race, then okay, fine, you want to give him a little experience, that's fine. But I, I don't agree with this idea, and this is, just speaks to something that I, I, I don't agree with the idea that you're finding out what you see and what you have in a quarterback, because to me, if you don't know what you have in a player your coaching staff is incompetent because your coaching staff's job is to evaluate players. They see them every day at practice. We don't, but they see them every day at practice. So it's their job. I mean, how do you, how do you figure out who the starters are if you don't know what you have in a player? So, you know, I think you have to stick with McCown in this game. I don't think that there's a lot to be gained by putting Davis Webb out there because I don't think it's like a 50-50 bet. I don't think there's really much of a chance Davis Webb goes out there and plays effectively. That's just not where he is. Uh, it's just not where he is uh, He's not just not going to play effectively. That's just not going to happen. So I, I don't see the, I I, I don't see it. I, I got to be honest with you. I just don't see it. Next question: Did McCagnan build this dumpster fire to try and move Bowles out? Maybe Mac knows he's still safe and must have known this roster will not go anywhere. I, I don't think so. I don't. I really doubt that. And if McCagnan did that, then McCagnan's a fool because there's a good you know you. 
your, your team doesn't succeed, the general manager could get fired. And I don't think that the ownership would, why would the owner, if you, if you were the owner and you found out that they, that your general manager did something like that, wouldn't you fire the general? So no, I mean, I think that that's, I think the, the simplest explanation is the most logical here. Just that the Jets have made some poor personnel decisions. Just as the team has not coached that well, I think the team has made some poor decisions in terms of building its roster, in terms of some of the contracts it's given out. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Our next question deals with Todd. Again, we're, we're focusing on job security uh, today. At what point do we seriously start getting into bulls is going to get fire territory? Are we there now? Yes, I think we are there now. I think... Right now, the way things are trending, it seems like Bull. If you're asking me right now, I don't think Bulls makes it to 2019. I think that the team is not playing well enough, and I think that Sam Darnold would benefit from a change. And I think that that, as much as anything, might be the reason. If you look at this crew, do you think Todd Bowles and Jeremy Bates are the t- team that will maximize Sam Darnold? I think it's pretty clear that the answer is no, and I don't think that you know it's not all about record. It's also about how you get to the, that record, but the record's bad, and how we've gotten to there is bad. So, you know, I just don't think that uh, Bulls survives to 2019 unless we see something rather dramatic changing. I think that we need to see we need to see a lot of progress near the end of the season, both in terms of wins and in terms of Darnold's development for Bulls to get another year. Our next question: Will Woody step up? to the new general manager and head coach and tell them to hire an offensive coordinator that can design, plan, and call only positive or scoring plays. I think we have all noticed that a huge underlying issue with the Jets' offense is that coaches do not call the positive or scoring plays and instead choosing to remain conservative. So we've, this one, this question, this thing that sticks out to me is, well, would he tell the new general manager and head coach, the new general manager and head coach, so I think that this question assumes that uh, McCagnan and Bowles are fired. Which you know, we'll see. I think Bowles is in some trouble. McCagnan, I'm not entirely sure about yet. Now, do I think that the Jets could benefit from a change? Probably. I don't think McCagnan's done a very good job either. But yeah, look, I think I disagree with the idea. And that, this is not the questioner did not say this. I'm I'm talking more generally. I don't agree with the idea that the Jets need to hire a head coach with the, with an offensive background. They're not looking for an offensive coordinator. But the head coach does need to have a plan on all sides of the ball. He needs, he needs to know what he wants to do on offense, what he wants to do on defense. And he needs to hire people who will be able to implement those visions. You know, I mean, even the great offensive minds in the game who are head coaches, part of the reason they're successful is they make effective hires who, who, to whom they can delegate some of the, the game planning, some of the you know advanced scouting, things like that, uh, player development. So it's it's really more about broadly overseeing things. It's a, it's about 
making sure you you hire the people you can trust to delegate important tasks to because when you're the head coach there are certain things that require your attention which take you away from the offensive side of the ball if you have an offensive background or the defensive side of the ball if you have a defensive background and i think the no matter who the jets hire if they make a change and again i do think that we're probably trending in that direction no matter who the jets hire as their head coach that guy has to bring in a somebody who is going to implement a modern offense, somebody who's studying the best teams in the league, the best offenses in in the league, the best design schemes in the league, who's looking to college where there's a lot of innovation in college. You know, a lot of the great, you you always hear the phrase college style offenses. I think one of the reasons there's a lot of innovation in college is the fact that the NFL, there's the NFL is, is a league where people hire who they know. So there's you know there's a lot of internal you, you you hire NFL guys if you're in the NFL. In college, you have teams that are kind of undermanned in low pressure situations. So those those are the teams that tend to innovate because they can't win unless they figure out a different way of doing things. So that's where those innovations tend to come from. Whereas in the NFL, everybody kind of knows everybody. Everybody kind of conforms to the same standards. And the teams that are successful are the teams that are willing to innovate to kind of look to those look to the innovative colleges and borrow some of the schematic adjustments that they make. So I think what what you want more than anything is somebody who's going to implement a more modern offense, somebody who's going to implement some of the more innovative things that you see from college. And I think that that should be a requirement. I'm not saying that the Jets need to – I think it's wrong to say that the Jets need to hire a a head coach from the offensive side of the ball because, you know, for every Sean McVay you have – there are plenty of coaches who go out there and fail. You know, Hugh Jackson, remember Hugh Jackson was this great offensive coach when the Browns hired him? That doesn't work out too well. Sometimes a great offensive mind is not a great head coach, and it's more important to have a head coach. But the head coach needs to have an idea what he wants to do on the offense, and that idea on offense needs to be being creative, being innovative, and being aggressive. And those are the things that will lead to scoring points. So I think my roundabout answer to your question is yes. I think we're on the same page on that. I think that the Jets need to find an off. The Jets need to find somebody who will implement a a better designed offense, an offense that's more innovative. It gives the team a better chance to score points and makes Sam Darnold's job easier. Thank you for listening today. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, subscribe iTunes, Spotify, and leave the show a good review in iTunes. Thank you for everything. Have a great Thursday. We'll be back tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.